0: you are invited to pause and take a closer look at a Bible passage. Perhaps you need a word of encouragement today or some wisdom and instruction. Through God's Word, our focus turns to the Lord and our hearts open up to His guidance and direction. This podcast is part of the global outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. Hey, friends, Walt and I look forward to our time together with you each week. This is our opportunity to thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You know, there are people listening in 29 countries around the world.
1: That's amazing. Which
0: is amazing. And it's actually quite humbling to us. Um, What an opportunity. And thank you. Um, In November, we want to tell you something. We are planning a trip to Israel called Walk with God, and we would love to have you join us. You can check in today's show notes for the trip website link. I want to tell you, friends, God's word comes alive when you walk where Jesus walked so many years ago. Well, in our scripture passage today, we find great comfort. Walt, and I have just been ministered to in the, these verses for this week. Jesus is explaining important truths about our eternal home, the destiny of all believers. And let's begin now in John fourteen one.
1: And in these first four verses of John 14, Jesus is going to comfort his disciples. Jesus promises to prepare a place f- for them and to return for them. And the text says this, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. Because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and will take you to myself. So that where I am, there you also will be. And you know the way where I am going. And, and this section starts with, let not your hearts be troubled. Um, God's got this, but but their hearts are troubled because he's told them multiple times he's He's going to be murdered, he's going to be killed. And that would trouble anyone's heart. But But at the same time, we've got to know Jesus is saying, God's going to work this all out. He says that the key is we need to believe in God. We we also need to believe in Jesus that he's God's son and that Jesus is here to do the work of my heavenly father. And there's great comfort in this truth that we will be in the father's house. And Brenda, and I was just thinking about um you know what it looks like to be in a, a luxurious, large, very nice house and we've had the joy of going to a, a couple of those places. And we talk about what features you noticed and what you appreciated most. Well, the nicest house here on earth, even mansions, even castles, cannot even begin to compare to the Father's house. Jesus is going to prepare a place for us, those who believe in God and Jesus. And since Jesus was going to prepare a place, he's going to come back. And Jesus said, where I am, you will also be. You know, in the Old Testament, the comfort of God was referred to as being in Abraham's bosom. But in this passage, Jesus tells believers that they will be in the Father's house, an eternal home. And I love what 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Jesus said in verse 4, and you know the way where I'm going. But Brenda, is that really, do they know yeah, the way?
0: right. And I, so I love the details here in verses 1 through 3 that you're sharing, that he's explaining to his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place, and even don't let your hearts be troubled, and you're going to be with me, and there's going to be this beautiful place in my father's home. But the thing is, They don't really completely understand. He says, and you know the way where I'm going. But in verse 5, Thomas asks the Lord this question, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? After all of Jesus' teaching and instruction over the past three years of his adult ministry, the disciples still don't get they don't get it get the plan what what's going to happen and you know i have to say i can't really judge them if i if i really step back they were hearing teaching that didn't totally make sense to them no one had ever died the kind of death Jesus was going to die, and then rose again from the dead three days later. And it was unusual. And Thomas says, we do not know where you're going. Well, if we look back at John thirteen three, we read Jesus knowing that he was going back to the Father. And so now Jesus responds to Thomas's question, and he says, I am the way and the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus knows he's going back to the Father. But if you want to be with Jesus, with the Father, there's only one way. I am the way, Jesus says. I am the truth. I am the life. And this is one of the most important passages in scripture. It's a teaching that Jesus is saying, you must Come to the Father, to God the Father, through me. How can we know the way to God the Father? Only through Jesus. He's the way because he alone is fully God. He's God's son, and he's fully man. We have this quote from the Life Application Study Bible that Walt and I really appreciate. As the way, Jesus is our path to the Father. And as the truth, he is the reality of all God's promises. We can we pour through the Old Testament. I mean, while we're kind of Old Testament <laughs> junkies sometimes and you more know, than sometimes, a <laughs> well, lot of times. <laughs> well, but you know, I love going through the Old Testament because you do see God's promises and and who fulfilled them. I mean, Jesus as the truth and then as the life. He joins his divine life to ours, both now at the point of salvation and then eternally. Head to heart, am I fully trusting in Jesus? He is the way. Jesus has promised to come again, and he will take Each person, everyone who believes in him, believes in the name of Jesus to be with him in his Father's house. I can only imagine. Yeah,
1: and you know, these truths should bring our hearts great comfort. Jesus, even in the high priestly prayer, says, Father, sanctify them in the truth Thy word is truth. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit's gonna do some other things, and we just living with Jesus in the Father's house, it will be glorious. The blessing of eternal life with our Lord and Savior and with the Father, and that we are chosen children of the King of glory. There's coming a day when we will be joint heirs with Jesus in the Father's house. But Brenda, I will be a prince. You will be married to a prince, and you will be a princess. I
0: think, I think I like the sound of that, princess, Brenda. Yeah,
1: just don't get too used to it yet.
0: Yeah, well, it is it is true, though. I am it, a daughter.
1: You are a daughter, yes, and sometimes a princess. Okay. <laughs> well, Jesus is one with the Father, and, and this passage is going to go on in verses 7 to 15, and we're going to summarize some of this. Um, he says, G- Jesus says in verse 9, "Who He who has seen me has seen the Father. And he asks them a question in verse 10, Do you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? And in verse 11, he commands them again, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And he's speaking about the necessity, the importance, that every person must make the choice to believe in him. As a matter of fact, four times here in verses 10, twice in verse 11, in verse 12, he's saying, you've got to believe, you've got to believe, believe in the Father, but believe in me. And as good Jews, they believed in the Father. They're now needing to believe in the Son. Well, I am
0: i made the choice, you know, while as you talk about believing in him, we've we've talked about and gone back and forth different times, uh, our own personal times of when we accepted Jesus as our Savior. And I made that choice as a young girl to accept Jesus as my Savior. Uh, sitting on my bed one evening after our family devotions, we would always go over to my brother's bedroom and we would sit there. They had uh, two single beds, and we would sit there and read from a, a wonderful Bible devotional book for children. But that particular night when devotions were over and finished, I went back over into my own bedroom, and the Holy Spirit just called me and stirred in my heart, and I prayed, and I asked Jesus to forgive my sins, and I believed in him, the one who paid the penalty for my sins. And so these next verses in this passage in John 14 are just some of my favorites. After we believe in Jesus, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't live this life alone anymore. You may find yourself in a very difficult situation or circumstance right now, right now, today. And friends, there is great comfort knowing that if you've believed in Jesus as God's Son, the way, the truth, and the life, you are not walking alone. Your heart does not need to be perpetually troubled. You know, you might feel anxious, fearful, worried, but you don't need to be overwhelmed with those feelings. Those feelings are very human and they happen. But it doesn't need to be perpetual. So let's look at these next verses, verses 16 to 20, and learn more about the role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. I love that the Holy Spirit here is called a helper. Mm -hmm. There's nothing quite like having a helper in our life. And later in John 14, verse 26, it tells us, He will teach you all things. So He comes beside us, but He teaches us and He helps us in our life. Whatever we're facing today, we can turn to Him, we can stop and we can say, I need your help. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. I need your help. He will be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. He abides with you. In verse 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus isn't going to just leave us here. He's giving us the helper to be with us, but he will not leave us or forsake us. And I like that idea of having a helper and encourages me when someone is working beside me along with me and I have to ask myself this question for head to heart do I seek wisdom strength insight and courage from the helper or do I try to do it on my own solve the problem, work through this project, complete a difficult ta- task totally on my own. And some days I am trying to make it on my own. And so if I choose each day, every moment to ask and reach out to that helper, he's there and he's available, but do I ask?
1: Yeah, and even as as you're saying that, I'm reminded I've now been a believer for over forty years, and I've been studying God's Word that whole time, and yet I have to realize this that that um, that often I prioritize the Father and Son in the Trinity, and oh, oh yeah, there's the Holy Spirit, that He was sent to be our helper, that we need His protection. I need His provision, I need His wisdom and comfort and peace. Well, in the conclusion to this passage, Jesus assures his disciples peace in view of his departure. And I'll just read verses 25 to 27. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will remind you of all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace. I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor fearful. And re- if remember, as you're reading
0: that in verse 27, our passage began with those words today back in John 14, 1, do not let your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. So these are kind of Jesus spoken bookends.
1: Yeah, and, and even for this chapter, the, the interesting thing about this is those bookends um, is reminding us this is really important. You're going to feel troubled. The next coming, This coming week is going to be a troubling week, but I'm promising you a helper and hope, and what you need to do is believe. Jesus continues to teach and instruct his disciples, even in his final days before his crucifixion. Jesus is preparing his disciples for their future ministry, a time when they will be without him here on the earth, but also a time when Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. It will be sent by me, but it will also be sent by my Father, because my Father and I are united in this.
0: It's gracious of Jesus to, yes, he's got this ministry for the disciples. They're, they're going to take the gospel, the good news, all, all over the world, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. But he's not going to ask them to do it alone. He's going to give them this helper.
1: And I love this last aspect of the Holy Spirit, that he will teach you all things, And he will remind you of all things that I said to you. And this really impinges upon the doctrine of the inspiration of God's written word. The Holy Spirit would remind them and guide them and and bring to their memory all the words which Jesus said, which they need to record in the books of the New Testament. And they do. And I love this, the final conclusion. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. And what does the world give? (laughs) The world gives confusion and trouble and worry and sadness and hunger. The world leaves our hearts troubled and fearful, distraught and anxious. But Jesus gives us peace. And this is a word that is so important, the shalom of God. It's a wholeness. It's a contentedness. It's a place of rest. The Apostle Paul described the the peace that Jesus offers us in Philippians four verse six, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and a head to heart here for me is I just need to continue to take my eyes off of the world um, eyes off of the news, eyes often. Of of what is going on all around me, and I need to continually turn my eyes to Jesus. He's my source of peace. One of our professors, Doctor Pentecost, said, "Every time we glance at the world, we should stop and gaze longingly at Jesus." Mm, yeah, and I remember him
0: sharing that, and just just that thought. Um, what what you said. Well, I need to turn my eyes to Jesus, and. Any time that those overwhelming feelings of fear and trouble and confusion and worry come over us, where, where am I looking? Am I gazing longingly at Jesus? Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Do not be troubled. Do not be fearful. Friends, Walt and I love these verses in John 14. And once again, Jesus' teaching has ministered to our hearts We hope and pray this will bring comfort and peace to your hearts today as well. And until we meet again, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.